You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast, the Super Bowl prop bet and betting edition. I'm going to be breaking down all my favorite prop bets for Super Bowl 55 this weekend between the Chiefs and Bucks, as well as giving out uh, my pick for the side in that one. I'm also going to be taking a little bit of a look at college basketball, giving out some plays um, for that. So let's take a little bit of a look of how we did this past weekend, in or this past week there, um, that is, in college basketball. Starting out, uh, the day last podcast was released on Tuesday, February 2nd. Um, the first game we had on that day, we had Tennessee taking on Ole Miss. Tennessee was uh, five-point favorites in this game. Um, Tennessee actually ended up losing this game outright, 50-52. to 52. Um, said that backwards, but Devontae Shuler puts up 15 points and 7 rebounds for Ole Miss. Um, it's really came down to Ole Miss re- out-rebounding Tennessee, out-rebounding them 34-30, to 30. so um, not great look by Tennessee on that one, especially being the number one <laughs> defense in the country, um, and adjusted defensive efficiency, that is, but um, get the get a loss there. The next game we had, um, it got close at the end, but I can't say it was super close the whole game, it was Dayton minus 1 versus Duquesne. Duquesne ends up winning 69-64. to Marcus Weathers puts up 20 points for Duquesne in this battle. Um, and Duquesne just shot the ball better in this one is what kind of pushed them to victory, shooting 47.2% from the field compared to Dayton 41.7% from the field. So um, another loser on that one. But we do turn the day around with a pretty lucky cover <laughs> in our final game of the day, saving us from going 0-3. Uh, we have Illinois taking on Indiana. Uh, Illinois ends up winning this game 75-71. Um, now, Illinois was three-and-a-half-point favorite, so we get the cover there. It did take overtime, though. Um, Last-second cover, got pretty lucky on some fouls um, in order to send it, in order to give um, Illinois that lead. You know, Trent Frazier puts up 19 points for Illinois in this one, so a pretty good game out of him and um, saves us from getting, saves us from a winless day, that is. So, end up going one and two on um, Tuesday. Going into Wednesday, though, um, kind of slightly better anyway <laughs> i don't know vanderbilt versus um oh, i forget who they were supposed to be playing now um maybe was it kentucky vanderbilt kentucky i don't remember no it wasn't kentucky i don't whoever vanderbilt was playing um vanderbilt game ends up getting canceled um so the first game we had on wednesday we had virginia minus seven and a half versus nc state uh, now virginia um was ahead for a pretty good they're ahead most of the game you know they kept it close um, but they definitely were leading most of the game um, they end up winning this game 64 to 57 only winning by a margin of seven not covering the seven and a half point spread so very disappointing by Virginia there NC State could have um, probably got us the cover had they had fouled a couple more times but you know with like 25 seconds left I think it was um, they basically just gave up and threw in the towel but um, so don't get the cover there um, but Virginia did have a pretty good game, even with the loss. Um, Jermon Combs puts up 23 points and 5 rebounds for Virginia in this one. Um, but what really kind of helped, I think, NC State keep it close was their rebounds. NC State pulling down 31 um, in this game compared to Virginia's 24. So don't get the cover in that one. But the second game we had on Wednesday, do get the cover in this one. SMU minus 1 versus Tulsa. SMU ends up winning 65-63. to And even though it was a pretty close win, um, only ended up winning the game by 2. They definitely should have won this game. Um, by much more, they led by way more than that for at times in this game. Kendrick Davis puts up 22 points for SMU. And Tulsa just really struggled to shoot the three in this one, only hitting 22.2% of their shots from beyond the arc. Um, while SMU, in the other hand, hitting 38.1% of their shots. So um, get the win there, taking us to 1-1 one one for Wednesday. And finally, moving on um, to... Um, 
um, to Thursday's card. We got Weber State taking on Montana State. Weber State minus five and a half in that one. That game's currently in progress, so no um, results yet for that one. But definitely check a look at the website to see that one. Um, we also had Colorado taking on, I forget who they're supposed to be taking on. Maybe Arizona, I think Arizona State. Colorado, Arizona State. That game ends up getting postponed um, on Thursday's card. So only one play for Thursday. Go take a look at the website to see how that one finished out. Um, but that's enough for those picks. Let's take a little bit before we get into some Super Bowl stuff. Let's take a little bit of college basketball. See what's happening in the college basketball world. Um, give out some picks for this weekend's college basketball games. Starting off, um, college basketball. Gonzaga's scheduling has been all over the place um, this week as far as who they could be playing on Saturday. You know, the reports early in the week. You know, Virginia, not Virginia. Villanova was looking for an opponent for Saturday. Um, and there's talks between Villanova and Gonzaga. Ultimately, Villanova ends up playing Georgetown, um, which is is understandable for Villanova um, because you're probably going to want to try and play conference games before you schedule a non-conference game with, for, with the number one team in the country. Um, but the game that doesn't make nearly as much sense, and I am absolutely, and I just don't know why it's happening, um, Houston decided to play Our Lady of the Lake <laughs> instead of Gonzaga. Now, if you don't know where Our Lady of the Lake is, neither did I. I had to look it up. It's a small school in Houston, in the Houston area. So I guess that makes sense from a <laughs> travel standpoint to be playing them. But when you have the chance, as a t especially a team like Houston, you know, in the American, have a chance to play the number one team in the country like Gonzaga, um, that's, that's a huge resume booster um, come the tournament. Now, granted, Houston's going to have no problem making the tournament as it is, but it's just... Just shocking that they they didn't even <laughs> entertain the the idea of playing in Zaga on Saturday. Um, but it was pretty quick karma for Houston <laughs> not playing. Um, about three hours after they announced that they were playing Our Lady of the Lake, they go and lose to East Carolina um, on the road. So not a great look there for Houston. Um, but I can't say it was a much better look for Villanova on Wednesday night either. They <laughs> they lose to St. John's. So. Two top six teams go down, top five teams. I don't know what Houston, I think Houston was six. So, but two teams, two top teams go down on Wednesday night. So not a great look for teams that <laughs> did not want to play Gonzaga. Um, but anyway, moving on, one team that is looking to make history and not in the right way this year is Michigan State. Michigan State is set to miss the tournament for the first time since 1997. You know, that's that, it's been 22 straight years that Tom Izzo um, has made the tournament. So that'll definitely be be a shock to Michigan State and all of their fans. One team, the team atop the Big Ten, who I, I guess kind of surprisingly, but not surprisingly, Michigan um, number one team in the Big Ten only has one loss, I believe, um, on the season. I believe, I don't know who it was to, Minnesota maybe, I think. Um, but they're they're looking dang good. Um, and they're definitely, definitely on top of the Big Ten and one of the better teams in the country right now. Um, but speaking of the tournament, the NCAA, um, we're slowly learning more and more about how this you know, bubble or whatever in Indianapolis is going to be um, working this year for March Madness. Um, one thing that's pretty interesting about it. So the teams that the teams that win their conference tournaments, the auto bid teams, um, as far as travel goes for the games, the teams that win their games prior um, to or uh, or the morning of Saturday, I think it's March 13th, that is. Um, any teams that all the teams that win those conference games before that are set to travel to Indianapolis on Saturday um, with the rest of the conference champions traveling on Sunday. Um, and then as far as all the at large bid teams go, even teams that, you know, are basically surefire teams um, to make the tournament um, are not allowed to travel to Indianapolis prior to selection Sunday. So those teams will travel either late Sunday night or um, early Monday morning, depending on 
on what the team is. And all those teams, you know, going out of like private airports, private planes, except for teams that are close enough to Indianapolis, um, going to be traveling on chartered buses. So, um, not a whole lot of news, you know, pretty standard stuff as far as a, you know, standard tournament goes. Not exactly with the travel so much, but, um, not, not a whole lot of crazy stuff there. You know, I, I do, I do think that once these teams get to Indianapolis, um, and we get, get this, get all this, these games going that we're going to see, as far as a, a viewing standpoint at home, it's going to pretty much be um, a pretty standard tournament. So definitely excited. I just, as long as we get March Madness, I honestly don't care what the format is. I'm a little disappointed that um, the the opening days aren't going to be Thursday and Friday, but um, whatever, not, not too important, I guess, in the long run. Um, so that's enough talk about college basketball. Let's get into some college basketball picks for this upcoming weekend. Starting off on February 5th, the first game we got is Lipscomb taking on Stetson. Lipscomb comes into this game as the 100, 202nd ranked team in the hot tip ranking. Stetson 225. Um, one thing that the Lipscomb team has done really, really efficiently this year is shooting the ball from the field. You know, 51.3 effective field goal percentage, while Stetson an effective field goal percentage of 47.2. Um, but not only that, Lipscomb's also going to do a job shooting the ball from three, 36.9 from beyond the arc. Stetson 35.7 from beyond the arc. Um, they're just doing a really good job not turning it over. Um, 17.5, turn it over on 17.5% of their possessions for Lipscomb. Stetson, on the other hand, turn it over on 20.3% of theirs. Um, and, you know, this Lipscomb team is just a really good offensive team. 157th in adjusted offensive efficiency. Stetson 227. So, like Lipscomb, minus one um, to take care of business starting Friday. Uh, the next game we got on Friday, we got Louisiana Tech taking on North Texas. North Texas, four and a half point favorites in this one. Um, now, North Texas comes into this game at uh, 78th in the hot to bet rankings. Louisiana Tech, 98th. Um, both these teams come into this game with five losses on the season. Louisiana Tech at 14 and five, and North Texas at nine and five. I um, mean, while this Louisiana Tech team does have some, some decent wins this season, um, they just haven't played as good basketball, especially on the offensive side. You know, um, as far as you know, hitting shots, only 33.5 percent from three. Um, while North Texas hitting 39.1 from three. You know, only a 68.1 percent field throw, free throw percentage. Um, while North Texas 75.9 from um, from the free throw line and you know north texas very good from the field also with an effective field goal percentage of 56.2 compared to the louisiana tech's 49.7 um, and that really just rounds out this north texas team on offense you know 105th in adjusted offensive efficiency while louisiana tech 177 um, but that's not really where either of these teams shine you know they, they are good offensive teams especially north texas um, but it kind of comes more down to defense you know Louisiana Tech, 60th in adjusted defensive efficiency, um, which is, is pretty good, especially for um, a team um, like this Louisiana Tech team. But North Texas doesn't come far behind as the 67th team um, in adjusted uh, defensive efficiency. Um, and I think at home in this game, North Texas takes care of business and covers that four and a half point spread. So I like North Texas to cover that one. Um, and the final game we got for Friday's car, got a uh, West Coast action. Um, got Cal Baptist taking on New Mexico State. Now, this Cal Baptist team, not Cal Baptist team, well, yes, this Cal Baptist team, you know, Cal Baptist comes into this game 8-5 and five on the season, but this New Mexico State team has been a bit of a, bit of a strange team <laughs> this season, you know, 3-3 three and three on the season, um, not really, you know, having a lot of issues with COVID and not having really a home place to play, and it's just been some weird games for this New Mexico State team, and they just, they haven't 
really played very well because of that, you know, um, and it really shows in their stats, you know, only hitting 22.4% shot or 22.4 from beyond the arc, which is not going to win you any games in college basketball when you're hitting that low. Um, Cal Baptist on the other hand, 39.9, which is actually a pretty good, um, pretty good uh, shooting percentage for him. Um, and really New Mexico state also just not good from the field either, you know, 38.6 effective field goal percentage while Cal Baptist 54%. Um, all of both these teams have shot the free throws very, pretty well, you know, 75.9 for Cal Baptist, 75.4 for North uh, New Mexico State. Um, Cal Baptist, I would give them the slight edge in this one. You know, Cal Baptist, while they're definitely not as highly ranked as this New Mexico State team, um, their offense is is pretty comparable, to be quite honest. Or if not, honestly, I would say a slight better. Um, but they are 197th in adjusted offensive efficiency. New Mexico State 158th in adjusted um, offensive efficiency. Um, but, you know, given Cal Baptist uh, 10.5 points in this game, um, I think they can easily easily put up enough to cover that spread against New Mexico State. So like Cal Baptist, plus 10.5 to close out Friday's card. Now moving on to Saturday's card, the first game we got, we got Toledo taking on Ball State. Now Toledo is a, a decently big favorite in this one um, at nine point favorites, um, but for good reason. This Toledo team has been a very good team this season, 16 and four on the season, Ball State six and nine on the season. I um, mean, you know, Toledo 102 in the hot tip at rankings, Ball State 149. Um, and this Toledo team, I was a really big fan of this Toledo team in the, um, what was that? The 2018, 2019 season. Um, they were, they were, you know, they didn't make the tournament or anything, but they were just a really fun team to watch that year. Um, and even going into last year, I, I liked watching this Toledo team play basketball. You know, they just, they moved the ball, they shot the ball well. Um, and that's carried over into this season also, you know, shooting the ball pretty dang well, 39.1% from beyond the arc. Um, with a uh, free throws, seventy-four point uh, seventy-seven point four percent from the free throw line, and an effective field goal percentage of fifty-four point seven. Ball State, on the other hand, thirty-two point seven from three, seventy-one point six from the free throw line, and an effective field goal percentage of forty-nine point one. But what really sticks out um, about this Toledo team is just holding on to the basketball and getting second chance opportunities. You know, sixteen point three percent turnover percentage for Toledo, a Ball State on nineteen point seven percent turnover percentage, um, and uh, Toledo also rebounded the ball very well on offense, grabbing 32.2% of the rebounds off the offensive glass. Ball stayed on their hand, only 25.5. Um, and this Toledo team is just a good team on both sides of the basketball. You know, coming to this game six and adjusted offensive efficiency, which is which is really high, especially for a team in the MAC. Um, you know, 168 and adjusted defensive efficiency, not terrible. You know, Ball State 162 adjusted defensive efficiency. So um, these defenses are very comparable. But Ball State, 202 and adjusted offensive efficiency, um, not very good at all. So definitely like Toledo, even with the, the slightly bigger spread than I like to take. But Toledo minus nine um, in this game. Um, the second game we got for Saturday is another team that I just really like betting, um, and that is Drake. Now, we were off of Drake um, last Monday um, after they failed to cover the spread on Sunday. But they did look much better in that game, and I think they've kind of kind of bounced back. I mean, you know, taking on Valpo in this game, you know, Valparaiso just not not as not a great team in the Missouri Valley, if we're being quite honest. You know, six and eleven on the season for this Valpo team compared to you know Drake still undefeated at seventeen and zero, and and that seventeen and zero is nothing to you know laugh about for Drake. They've they've really played good basketball, you know, shooting the ball well, thirty eight point seven percent from beyond the arc compared to Valpo twenty eight point two from. Um, beyond the arc, you know, Drake, a uh, effective field goal percentage of 56.5, um, Valpo 46%. Um, and there's also just not turning the ball over for Drake, only turning it over on 16.3% of their possessions. Valpo turning it over on 18.2. Um, you know, Drake rebounding the ball very well, 34.9, um, 
offensive rebound percentage compared to Valpo 21.3. And Drake's just a really good team on both sides of the basketball. 44th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 64th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Uh, Valpo 278th adjusted offensive efficiency, which is not very good at all. I'm um, in 180 adjusted defensive efficiency. So even though it is a a fairly big spread in this one. You know, Kim Palm's got it at uh, minus 12. I do like Drake to take care of business um, and get the get the win, get the cover in that game. Um, the next game we got um, on the card, we got Miami, Ohio taking on Buffalo. Um, now, Miami, Ohio comes into this game um, as the 144th ranked team in the hot uh, tip at rankings, Buffalo 105. Um, and even though Buffalo is ranked slightly higher, I do like Miami, Ohio getting some points in this one. Um, they've shot the ball very well this season, 36.3% from beyond the arc with a uh, 74.2 free throw percentage, while Buffalo 33.6 from beyond the arc and a 64.9 free throw percentage. I mean, this Miami, Ohio team has just done a good job not turning the ball over, only turning it over on 15.6% of their possessions. Buffalo, on the other hand, turning it over on 18.1% of theirs. Um, and this, this Miami, Ohio team is just a good team on offense. 126th in adjusted offensive efficiency. Buffalo, uh, 94th in adjusted offensive efficiency. But I think getting the points in this one, um, I give the slight edge to Miami, Ohio. So I'm going to take them to cover the spread in that one. Um, now, this next game we got for Saturday, got Charlotte taking on Middle Tennessee. Now, Charlotte comes into this game at 9-7 and seven on the season. Middle Tennessee not looking very good this year, 3-11 and 11 on the season. And Middle Tennessee has just really struggled shooting the basketball this season. You know, 43.1% effective field goal percentage and only hitting 29.4% um, from beyond the arc um, with a 67.2 free throw percentage. Charlotte, on the other hand, 51.4 effective field goal percentage, um, hitting 34.2 from three um, and 73.9 from the free throw line. But I think this game really comes down to, you know, not turning the ball over and second chance opportunities. And that's something Charlotte's done very good this year. Only turning it over on 21% of their possessions um, and grabbing 21.4% of the shots off the offensive glass. Uh, Middle Tennessee, on the other hand, turning it over on 20 on 23.2% of their possessions and grabbing it off the glass 24.8% of the time. Um, so definitely like Charlotte in this one. Um, with you know, with the better offense, two thirty nine in just an offensive efficiency, Milton C three forty five, um, near the bottom, um, in that category. So, like Charlotte to cover the spread in that game, and closing out Saturday's card, got an SEC matchup between Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, now Tennessee has been one of the better teams, um, at least ranking wise in the SEC this season, um, and that really shows. That really shows being compared to these two teams' records. You know, Tennessee twelve and four on the season, Kentucky five and eleven on the season, um, and this Tennessee team is just a really good team on both sides of the ball this season. Um, you know, they struggled a little bit on offense, seventy first in adjusted offensive efficiency, but on defense they come to the country as the number one team um, in adjusted defensive efficiency. So very good defensive team. Kentucky on the other hand one hundred two in adjusted offensive efficiency and fourteen adjusted defensive efficiency, um, and that one hundred two number. Is something that you 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 just don't see out of a Kentucky team. That's not a John Calipari <laughs> number to be that bad on offense, um, just losing this many games. Um, and Tennessee really has backed it up with some of these stats, shooting the ball very well, thirty four point five from three. Kentucky only thirty point two. Um, you know, with an effective field goal percentage of fifty point two. Kentucky on the other hand forty six point three. Um, and they've just done a good job not turning it over. They they've really done a great job holding on to the basketball. Seventeen point one percent turnover percentage for Tennessee. Kentucky a turnover percentage of twenty one point five. So definitely like Tennessee to cover the spread and close out Saturday's card. 
Now, moving on to Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> Got a couple of college basketball games um, early in the day before the game starts. Starting off, we got UMBC taking on Stony Brook. Now, UMBC um, has been a pretty good team this season. You know, coming to this game at 11-4 and on the season, Stony Brook 8-8 eight and eight on the season. Um, one thing that the UMBC team has done very well is shooting the basketball 32.2% from three um, with an effective field goal percentage of 50.1. And they've also done a good job shooting free throws, 72.1 from the free throw line. Stony Brook, on the other hand, 28.9 from three with an effective field goal percentage of 47.3. And they've not done nearly as good from free throws, only 64.1%. Um, from the line, but this UMBC team shines not turning the ball over, only turning it over on 19.4% of their possessions, um, while Stony Brook turning it over on 47.3% of theirs. Um, and the Stony Brook team, just not a great team on either side of the ball, you know, 307 adjusted offensive efficiency, with not great at all. I um, mean, you know, 165 just defense efficiency, which, which is better, um, but you know, UMBC is slightly higher in both categories, 234 in adjusted offensive efficiency, 149 in adjusted defensive efficiency, so I like UMBC. Um, to cover the spread and get the win in that game. And the second game we got for Sunday, I got an A-10 matchup um, between VCU and Duquesne. VCU comes into this one um, as the 88th ranked team in the hot tip bet rankings. Duquesne, the 70th ranked team. And, you know, VCU has done a very good job um, just playing um, on both sides of the basketball. You know, 11th in adjusted defensive efficiency, um, which is very high for a team like this. And, you know, 122 in adjusted offensive efficiency. Duquesne, on the other hand, well, not bad at 58th adjusted defensive efficiency. You know, it's not 11 um, by any means. And, you know, 156 adjusted offensive efficiency. So just not as good of a team on either side of the basketball. And that really shows in their shooting, you know, only in 29.3 from beyond the arc, 64.5 from the free throw line with an effective field goal percentage of 47.5. VCU, on the other hand, 33 9 from beyond the arc, um, hitting 75.4 from the free throw line, and effective field goal percentage of 51.4. So I like VCU to take care of business um, and cover the spread in that game um, to close out Sunday's card. Moving on to Monday, only got one game for Monday's card, um, but we got a SoCon matchup between UNC Greensboro and Furman. Uh, Furman comes into this game at 11 and 5 on the season, UNC Greensboro 13 and 5. Um, now these are two of the better teams. Um, in the SoCon Conference this year. But Furman is one of the better mid-majors teams in the country. Um, you know, they've shot the ball very well this season. 35.9 from three, 73.1 from the free throw line, um, with an effective field goal percentage of 57.6. UNC Greensboro, on the other hand, um, 29.3 from three, um, 68.5 from the free throw line, and an effective field goal percentage of 48.3. Um, and, you know, I just have... Furman as a much higher rated team coming into this one. 62nd in the hot tip bet rankings. UNC Greensboro, 9-3 in the hot tip bet rankings. Um, and while these teams have similar records and have played similar basketball this season, Furman is just a much better team on offense. 54th in adjusted offensive efficiency. UNC Greensboro, 159th in adjusted offensive efficiency. So I think that increase in scoring for Furman um, is going to be enough for them to cover the spread in this game. So like Furman to cover the spread um, against UNC Greensboro to close out the college basketball card. Now, moving into what you are probably listening to this podcast for in the first place, it is time for the Super Bowl. Um, now, I asked over on Twitter to leave your questions um, for me for the Super Bowl. So let's get into those real quick before we get into some of my prop bets. Uh, one question that we got over on Twitter from the Cordora College Corner, probably pronounced that wrong, sorry, not great with pronunciations, but um, um, they asked who will have more yards in this game, Kelsey or Hill, which is, you know, at, at first glance, I would probably, you know, just 
instinctively say Hill um, just because he does have more explosive games than Kelsey. But Kelsey has been very consistent this year. You know, he's average, not average. I don't know what his average is, but he's, especially in the last few games, had a, a least like a, around 100 yards a game. Um, while Hill is more kind of boom or bust, you know, um, he, he's good for 50 yards in any game. Um, but, you know, you'll get those games where it's like over 150. You'll get, you know, up to 200 um, yards in a certain game. I mean, you, you kind of look back at last year's Super Bowl um, look at the targets that each one of these players had. You know, Kelsey only targeted six times in that game. Um, Hill, on the other hand, targeted 16. And I really think, well, Kelsey is more of the the consistent guy um, as far as catching passes. I think Hill is probably the bigger the bigger target in a in a big game like the Super Bowl um, to get to get more targets, which you know in turn leads to more yards. So I would take uh, Tyreek Hill to get more yards um, over Travis Kelsey for um, this game. Um, but yeah, that about wraps that up for viewer questions. So make sure um, if you see it on Twitter, replying can be featured on a next podcast. But moving into prop bets for the Super Bowl, the first prop bet that I saw. Um, now these prop bets, I, you got to mention, come basically from all over the internet. I basically was just scouring the internet trying to find as many prop bets as I could. So um, all the odds are the prop bets at the time of the recording this podcast. I'm sure many of them are probably going to change by the time the game rolls around because, you know, prop bets do tend to, to change rather quickly. But the first game that we have, the first game, the first prop bet that we have um, is who will complain to the ref first? Um, Tom Brady at minus 160 or any other player at plus 110. Now, I think that this is one of the the worstly price, one of the worst price prop bets I saw um, on the board for this game. I mean, Tom, one player at minus 160 compared to any other player at plus 110. I mean, if the Chiefs are on the field first and, you know, something, something, a big play happens and a cornerback or a safety or someone misses something and complains to the ref about something, boom, you cash the prop bet right there. And yes, while Tom Brady sure complains a lot um, to the refs, I, I, I just think that, that with that value at plus 110, it's really hard. I, I would not bet on Tom Brady for sure, but at plus 110, any other player, I will take that prop bet any day of the week. So first prop bet we got, um, who complains to the ref first? Any other player besides Tom Brady at plus 110. The next prop bet we got um, is, will Bruce Arians wear a Kingle hat on the sideline? Um, now, I did, as being a Cardinals fan, watching Bruce Arians coach on the sideline um, for five years, I don't remember one time where he ever wore the Kingle hat on the sideline. That just that was always a, a press conference thing or a pregame thing. Um, I, I can't remember any games, and I tried to look up, um, you know, some pictures and whatnot. I couldn't find any pictures of him um, for the Cardinals on the sideline in the Kingle hat. Now, that has changed a little bit since he was in Tampa. I know there was one or two games um, where he did wear the hat, um, but I just really don't foresee him wearing it for the Super Bowl. I mean, if he was ever going to wear it, sure, the Super Bowl um, might be the time, um, but at minus 220 for no, uh, plus uh, uh, yes is plus 155, but I, for how many times he's done it in the past, minus 220 seems like very good odds, um, and I'm willing to take that that slight gamble on that one, so um, will Bruce Arians wear a Kingle hat on the sideline? I got no at minus 220. Um, the next prop bet we got um, is, a uh, is another entertainment one. Um, how many times will Roger Goodell be shown on TV? Um, now over one and a half times for this prop bet is minus 140 under, um, is one and a half. Now it's, I would say almost guaranteed that he is shown at, at least once, um, in this game. And now as far I, I the thing was for this prop bet, I was really interested, um, in, in when to win this was counted. You know, if it's kickoff to end a game, then it's not necessarily as great of a prop bet. 
But from whatever, from what I could tell, this prop bet, and I don't remember where it was offered, unfortunately, but this prop bet, um, was from, from like the start of the, so like kickoff to the end of the broadcast. So that would mean that the trophy ceremony would count. So that's almost an automatic one appearance for Roger Goodell if the trophy ceremony counts. And you would have to assume that at some point during the game, Roger Goodell is going to be shown on TV. Um, so that, that's almost an, a lock for two times. So um, if you can make sure before you bet this at whatever book you have, if they're offering a part like this, read the fine print. Make sure that it's, you know, not like between kickoff and when, when the clock hits zero, um, because then it's, it, it is less likely to hit um, for sure. But, you know, if you get if you get the same one that I that I saw, um, definitely, definitely worth taking. Um, now, the next prop I got is another one that I think was just is just pro is improperly priced. Um, and that is which team will receive the opening kickoff. Um, now the chiefs basically always defer. So, you know, if they win the coin toss, they're not going to be receiving. And lately the bucks have been, you know, receiving the, have, have been electing to receive the kickoffs, which would make the bucks the favorite. Um, but I found this prop at, at uh, chiefs minus one fifteen and bucks minus one fifteen. Um, so if you can find as good as odds as that, um, at your sports book, I would definitely take the bucks. Um, to receive that opening kickoff because I, the only way the Chiefs receive the opening kickoff is if the Bucks win the coin toss and the Bucks for some reason um, don't elect to receive, which which they have been doing um, lately when they've won. So um, definitely like that. The Bucks minus one fifteen to receive the opening kickoff. Now the next two prop bets and actually the final two prop bets that I liked um, are are ones that I take every season, and that is both quarterbacks' um, first pass to be incomplete. So it's actually two bets. So Tom Brady's first pass to be incomplete that is plus one seventy five. Pat Mahomes' first pass to be incomplete plus one eighty. Now the reason I like taking both of these is because you only need one of them to cash in order to make money. And last season they both cashed, so you made a lot of money. The season before, um, now the season before is interesting because. Two years ago in the Patriots Rams Super Bowl, Tom Brady threw an interception on his first pass of the game, which did at that time for that bet that I placed that year counted as an incompletion. Now, the only bet that I could find this year was a three way bet for complete, incomplete and interception. So if I, I would I would suggest if you have just complete or incomplete to take that one, because then the interception, um, at least back in two years ago, it counted as an incompletion. So I would assume it would count as an incompletion um, at more sports books. But this is just another one. Make sure you look into to what your sports book, how they how they are grading those wagers um, before you place that bet. But I like Tom Brady first pass incomplete um, at plus one seventy five, and I like Pat Mahomes first pass incomplete at plus one eighty. Um, now we don't have that that does round it out for the prop bets. Only got what is that seven prop bets um, for the Super Bowl, which I mean is honestly probably <laughs> probably a lot um, from a gambling standpoint. Um, but they're just I don't know this season these prop bets. I was just looking through them. I looked through the prop bets for a few hours last night trying to figure out what game what ones I liked and it took me forever um to find the ones that I was looking for so I don't know what's up with the prop bets this year um I don't know how everyone else is feeling about that um but if I do see any more prop bets that I like um definitely check my Twitter cuz I'll release them on there plus I'll put them on put them on the blog post for all the Super Bowl stuff but moving into the actual game the Chiefs taken on the Buccaneers now I've kind of gone back and forth um, on who I like in this game, um, but it's it's kind of gone one way. You know, the Chiefs come into this game um, not kind of just cruising into the Super Bowl, to be quite honest. They didn't have to try a whole lot for majority. They didn't try a whole lot for most of the regular season, and they somehow finished 14-2. and two. And, I mean, if you take the game that Pat Mahomes didn't start out, they lost one game, and it was to the Raiders. 
Um, but the Chiefs have moved the ball very well this season. You know, 418.34 yards a game. Bucks only 385 yards a game. Um, and Chiefs have really just done a good job not turning the ball over. One turnover a game for the Chiefs. Buccaneers also doing a decently good job at 1.1 turnovers a game. But I think this game um, kind of comes down to just which quarterback puts more puts more <laughs> points on the board. Um, obviously, that's what the <laughs> what the game comes down to. Um, which team scores more? That was kind of a, a booger moment <laughs> right there. Um, but you know, I was kind of as when this line first came out, I liked the Buccaneers. Um, I like the Buccaneers to cover, you know, getting the three to three and a half, whatever it is um, to, to I like them. But as the, as the weeks moved on, looking more into it, I really think this cheese team um, is primed to win. You know, granted, they have some offensive line issues, um, got some. So it's going to be a couple players playing her um, um, and whatnot. But this team, this team feels like this Chiefs team just honestly feels like one of the best teams I've ever watched. They're going to go down in history as one of the best offenses um, for sure. I mean, their backfield is just absolutely insane. Um, and, and the Chiefs, this just feels like a game that, you know, th- it doesn't matter what the score is, they have a chance to win. You know, we've learned that watching the Chiefs play the past two postseasons. The Chiefs can be down by, it doesn't matter how many points, 24 points to the Texans it was. You know, they can come back and win the game. The Chiefs are never out of the game, no matter what the score is, no matter how much time's on the clock. You know, if it's not zero on the clock, the Chiefs still have a chance to win. Um, the Buccaneers, on the other hand, I think need to get extremely lucky um, in order to win this game. Kind of how they got extremely lucky <laughs> against the Packers. You know, that Packers game, Tom Brady threw three interceptions. Matt LaFleur made a stupid uh, move um, to not kick the or to kick the field goal. It, it was just it was just all lucked out for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And, you know, this Buccaneers defense is just not good. The Chiefs are going to absolutely light up this Buccaneers defense um, in this game. And, you know, if we had to go back to that NFC Championship game um, where I bet on the Packers, I would take the Packers every day of the week. No matter – I would go play that game again. I'm taking the Packers. Um, and, and this, this Bucs team is just, it's just not as good of a team as this Chiefs team. Um, and, you know, Chiefs – um, it's kind of, it's kind of come back down to three, um, at most places. So that's, that's kind of what I've seen. That's what I was able to get, um, is chiefs minus three. So, um, I definitely like the chiefs to cover that spread, um, and win super bowl 55. So congratulations to the, <laughs> to the, the super bowl, um, uh, winning Kansas city chiefs. So that's, that about wraps that up for my super bowl picks, uh, for the weekend. Um, so yep. And that also about wraps it up <clears throat> for the podcast this week. If you haven't already, head over to the website, check out the computer model picks up there. Um, horse racing picks every day, um, college basketball, NBA, NHL. Also going to have picks for the Super Bowl um, this coming Sunday. Have picks up there for UFC. Um, also, um, NBA, not NBA, college basketball and NBA and NHL <laughs> rankings um, up on the website daily. Those updating daily. Um, as well as the college basketball top 25 and um, whatnot dropping on Monday. Um, but it's the same as every other day, so if you just look at it. But anyway, that's, that's beyond the point. Um, it also got the full results um, up on the website for all of the picks given out on the podcast, all the picks on Twitter, plus all of the computer model picks. You can check um, how those are doing. Um, the um, NBA and um, college basketball top picks are all both doing pretty well this season. Um, and if you follow all of the college basketball plays, which is kind of insane because it's like, 3,000 games, 2,000, whatever many games it is in college basketball. But if you did follow all of those games, the hot, the best computer model has been doing very, very good. Um, unfortunately, I can't say quite the same for the NHL this season. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely need some work as far as the NHL computer picks go. Um, but, um, yeah, that about that's that for the website. Um, also, if you're not following me on Twitter, make sure you check that out. Hot Tip Bets Chris on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, 
Also follow the Hot Tip Bets main account on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. I'm posting up on all of those daily. So um, take a look at that. Um, and yeah, that about wraps this um, Super Bowl edition of the Hot Tip Bets podcast up. And I will see you guys all on Tuesday.